have your Bibles, open them up to Psalm 119. Psalm 119. It's funny when I speak the opening scripture, how many people go, I just heard someone say, I just read that this week. I just read it this morning. I'm thinking, that's the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. See, we need to come to service ready to go. Amen. I mean, it just shouldn't be a spiritual car wash. You know what I mean? Where you, you, I mean, I mean, we go through stuff during the week, but what I mean is all through the week, we should be in prayer. We should be in the word of God. We should be preparing to receive the word that God has. Amen. And I guarantee you, as you do that, as you do that, what I speak from here, or if you're watching online or radio, internet, whoever, wherever you go to church, I guarantee you it will be somewhat in line with what your pastor speaks. Guarantee you. He will, he will line it right up. So Psalm 119, and let's start off by reading verses 9 through 16. It says, how can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord, teach me your statutes. With my lips I have declared all the judgments, all the judgments uh, of your mouth. I have rejoiced in your way, in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. I will delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. You know, it's possible to forget the word of God. If we're not constantly getting into the word of God and refreshing ourselves with the word of God, it is easy when you're in a situation to forget what God's word says. And that's when hopelessness, discouragement, and all the junk that the enemy would love to put on you will come. But today I want to talk about the benefits of hiding God's word in your heart. What are the benefits of hiding God's word in your heart? Now, when I talk about the heart of a person, I am talking about the spirit and the soul of an individual. Let me explain. The Hebrew word that is translated heart is spelled L-E-B or pronounced L-E-V-H. I'll leave that up to you. And it is defined as intellect, awareness, mind, inner person, inner feelings, deepest thoughts, or your inner self. All right? Now, by this definition... That would fit into both the spirit and soul, the mind, will, and emotions of an individual. Now, some scriptures that talk about the heart of an individual seem to point to the spirit man, while others seem to point to the soul, the mind, will, and emotions. So you could say this then, let's just make it real simple for you, all right? You could say that the heart of man is all of you, minus your physical body that make it real easy for you? When the Bible's talking about the heart of an individual, it's talking about all of you except your physical body, the shell that you live in, all right? We are a spirit being, 
We possess a soul, mind, will, and emotions, and we live in a physical body. Now, the reason that the word heart seems to imply the spirit and soul of an individual is because those two parts of an individual are very closely connected. They're very closely connected. In fact, when you pass away from this earth, your spirit and your soul live on. Now, what am I talking about? Where do I get that? This is proven in the Bible account of Lazarus and the rich man. After they died, they still had emotions. They still had a remembrance of this earth, their life on this earth. Remember that account? All right. So there is a very close connection between the spirit and soul of an individual. All right. So when I talk about the heart of man, I'm talking about the real you. Your spirit man and your soul, your intellect, your awareness, mind, inner person, your inner feelings. When I say pink elephant, what are you picturing right now? You know, that takes place in your heart. That, that, that picture of that pink elephant popped up in your heart. All right? There's a close connection. In fact, this is a whole other teaching. But when, when the Holy Spirit gives you or I a vision on the inside of us, it's very closely connected to your imagination. And pink elephant, you got that? That's the, that's the part of an individual where the Holy Spirit works and gives a person a vision on the inside. Then, of course, there's what they call an open vision. That's when you can see a vision. The Lord gives you a vision that you see with your natural eyes. All right? But that's a whole other teaching, all right? All right, so you know me. I like some little rabbit trails here and there as the Holy Ghost leads. Amen? But for today... I want to talk about several of the benefits of hiding God's word in your heart by daily feeding on the word of God in your life, all right? What are the benefits? Number one, hiding God's word in your heart sets boundaries within and keeps your conscience tender. Hiding God's word, feeding on God's word daily sets boundaries within and keeps, keeps the conscience tender now conscience is defined as the sense of moral goodness or blameworthiness of one's own conduct intentions or character together with the feeling of obligation to do right you ever met an individual who just always is rebelling belling always it's like this individual has no conscience we'll talk about more about that in a moment all right, but the conscience is really the voice of your spirit man. The conscience is the voice of your spirit man. It knows what is right and it knows what is wrong. It is our moral compass as Christians. And if we're not feeding on the word of God, that compass can get real screwed up. Have you found that out yet? Because the word of God says... That it is possible to sear your conscience. It is possible for you to sear your conscience. Now, to sear your conscience means that the sensitivity to sin is no longer there. The sensitivity to the Holy Spirit is no longer there. You are dull spiritually. And if you've ever, as a Christian, been in a backslidden state, or if you're there now, you know exactly what I'm talking about. 
So the word of God says it's possible to see your, see your conscience. An example in the natural. If you drink hot chocolate for the first time, all right, you haven't drank it in a while or coffee or anything, something real hot, and, and you go to drink it and it's extremely hot. Oh, oh man, that burns your mouth, doesn't it? You react, oh man. Your feelings, you're, you're tender to that feeling, right? But as you continue to drink, all of a sudden, man, you can just about chug that thing down because you're not as sensitive to it anymore. That makes sense to you? And my point is, the more you give in to the flesh, the more you give in to, to sin in your life, as a Christian, the sensitivity begins to weaken. The sensitivity is no longer there anymore. And that's why it is so important to walk in instant obedience. Allow your born-again spirit man to rule over the flesh. That's called walking in the spirit. Amen? All right? So we, we, one thing about hiding God's word in your heart, filling yourself with God's word, it keeps you sensitive to sin. It creates those boundary lines, all right, within your conscience and keeps it tender. Go to 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4. And I want to look at verses 1 through 2. It says, now the Spirit, notice Spirit is capitalized. The S is capitalized, talking about the Holy Spirit. Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith. To depart, you once had to be in, correct? Some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, teachings that are demonically inspired, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience, here it is, seared with a hot iron. Now, so de to depart from the faith means to depart, really, from the word of God. From the foundations, the doctrines that are taught in the word of God. That makes sense to you? Alright? So which means, you can infer from that, that that individual is not feeding on the word of God. They're not hiding the word of God in their heart. The boundaries have been removed. The walls that protected that person have been pulled down by their own free will. Of not hiding God's word in their heart. Are you seeing this? They did not keep that wall or the boundary strengthened on the inside of them. They didn't make the, those boundaries clear on the inside of them. And, and this is why we have people trying to establish their own righteousness instead of receiving the word of God. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I mean, it, what we're seeing in today's age is, well, if it's wrong to you, it's wrong to you. If it's right to me, it's right to me. People are trying to establish their own righteousness instead of receiving the word of God. All right? And so Ecclesiastes 10.8 says this. It says, he who digs a pit will, will fall into it. And whoever breaks through a wall will be bitten by a serpent. You know what a serpent is uh, uh, compared to in the Word of God? 
demons, the devil, the enemy. So think about it this way. By the way, I want you to notice that it is a person who does it. He who digs his own pit. He. The devil can't make you do anything. It's a person by their own free will given in to the enemy's tactics. Amen. So think about it this way. Every time you feed on the Word of God, read the Word of God, you study the Word of God, you are strengthening the walls of protection around you and on the inside of you. You are literally arming yourself to do battle effectively and victoriously against Satan and evil spirits. And it doesn't matter what they throw your way, you're going to be armed and ready to go. Amen? So keep that wall strong. So that the enemy can't break through it. Now notice in 1 Timothy chapter 4. That it is when a person falls away from the faith. Or falls away you could say from the word of God. That it is possible to have a seared conscience. That's the point. When your conscience can become seared. And then it goes on to say. Notice this. That that's when a person uh, gives heed to Deceiving spirits and doctrines, teachings of demons. All right? The boundaries are gone and you're opened up to deception. Now, we really got to take heed. We really got to take heed to this. I'm going to talk more about the deception bit in a moment. But we are living in a day and age where deception is so wild. Jesus said it this way. Let no man deceive you. Now, if Jesus was giving us this warning... We need to take heed. Amen? Amen? So when your conscience is seared, you, you, you shut the word of God out of your life. This is talking about Christians, by the way, who departed from the faith. They were once in it. They once loved Jesus. They once loved the word of God. They once held on to the word of God. But then it says they departed from the faith. When they departed from the faith, their conscience got seared. And that's when they gave heed they perked their ears up to demonic spirits and deceiving doctrines that are going to pull them. And really, they lose their salvation. That's what they departed from the faith. Amen? So the Word of God also says that it is possible to have a conscience that is defiled. Now the word defiled means to make unclean. Or to make impure. And to corrupt the purity or perfection. Now we need to renew our minds constantly. Did you know that renewing our minds is constant upkeep? How many of you, you bought a house. And right when you bought the house, you signed on the deadline. You went to the house and you mowed the lawn. And you never touched the yard work again. You only mowed it once. Just once. Come on. It sounds foolish, doesn't it? We need to renew our minds constantly with the Word of God. It is constant upkeep. Listen to this. The mind doesn't stay renewed any more than your hair stays perfect and doesn't need combed or brushed every day. Amen. <laughs> Titus 1. Titus 1. It is constant upkeep 
well, I used to read the word when I first got saved, and, you know, I just, it just doesn't interest me anymore. Oh, my, my, my. Say constant upkeep. Titus 1, 15 through 16. It says, to the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are defiled and unbelieving, defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. But even their mind and conscience are defiled. They profess to know God, but in works they deny him, being abominable, disobedient, and disqualified for every good work. I want you to notice that if the mind and conscience are defiled by not feeding on and believing God's word, it will be made evident in the works of a person. It will be made evident in the lifestyle of a person. Amen? Jesus said you will know them by their fruit. That's not judging. We, as Christians, we need to be fruit inspectors. Or else, how do we know not to join ourselves and let a person into our inner circle of friends? Some of you all have friends that ought not be your friends because they're a bad influence in your life. I'm not talking about going out and witnessing to people and leading them to Christ. What I'm talking about is letting them into your inner circle. Letting them influence you instead of you influencing them. Amen? So it says that the mind and conscience, if they're defiled, it's going to become evident. It's going to be manifest in the person's works, in their lifestyle, which supports Psalm 119.11, which we read. That says, your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. So if you're not hiding God's word in your heart, what's the opposite of that? I will sin against him. You just will. Amen? Listen to this. Your works are simply a reflection of your thought life. Really, when you break it down, that's why the Bible has so much to say about how important the renewing of the mind is. How important your thought life is. Amen? Because your works are simply a reflection of your thought life. You think about something long enough, pretty soon you're going to go in that direction. You meditate on that thing long enough, you're going to go in that direction. Meditate on it long enough, you're going to subconsciously or knowingly or unknowingly, you're going to start to set things up in your life that's going to lead to that end result that you're thinking of. But it says, to the pure, all things are pure. Meaning if if your thought life is pure, your works are going to be pure. If you're pure, you're going to want to hold on to things that are pure. Amen? Your conscience is going to be pure. And therefore, a pure and a holy lifestyle is going to follow. It's going to follow. So it is a requirement to constantly feed on the word of God. To renew our mind as Christians. It is the cleansing. It is the purification. It is the flushing process of our thought life and belief system on the inside of us. Did you know that every person has a belief system on the inside of them? Every person. Even the atheist. They believe that there is no God. There is a belief system there. Right? 
And that belief system, listen to me, that every person has is either formed by this world system or it's going to be formed by the word of God. And that's one job. One, one minister, one of my teachers at Ramah Bible Training Center said it this way. He said one of the jobs of the minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ is to form Bible beliefs within the people. That's it. That major, isn't it? Romans 12. Roman, that's what Kent and Cindy are doing when they're teaching on divine healing. Everyone has a belief system. They're forming beliefs in people and me when we have our services that it is the will of God to heal. Amen. See, a lot of people base their belief system on experience. You can't do that. You can't do that. It's got to be based on the word of God. Romans 12. One through two says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed or pressed into the mold of this world or world system, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, the flushing purification process of your thought life and belief system. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I want you to notice something here. That you cannot present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, unless your mind is renewed. Do you see the order of that? He says present it and then it goes right into how to present it. How is it possible? Well, you need to renew your mind. You can't be conformed to this world. Amen? Amen? If you're going to be conformed to this world, you're just going to be a stinking sacrifice. Because all that's in the world is a bunch of rubbish. The world system that Satan is the God of. Small g, by the way. Amen. Amen. But without renewing our mind with God's word, hiding God's word in our heart, we are not able to know or determine God's will. His word is his will. Did you notice that? Look at this. The end of verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We need our minds transformed by the word of God, purified, cleansed, our belief system in line with the word of God, if we are going to be able to prove, if we're going to be able to know what God's will is. And as we renew our mind with God's word, hide God's word in our heart. We will be more sensitive to the voice and promptings of the Holy Spirit. Next, hiding God's word in your heart will give you sharp spiritual discernment. It will protect you from deception. I touched on it earlier, but I want to go a little deeper here. Go to John chapter 8. This is so important. Hiding God's word in your heart, daily feeding on God's word, will give you sharp spiritual discernment. It will protect you and I from deception. John 8, 31 through 32 says this. 
Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him. If. 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 You abide in my word. You are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. Notice, I'll tell you, whenever the Bible has an if in front of it, you better take heed and find out what is after that if. That means that that's your responsibility. That's my responsibility. He said, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples. So you could say, take the opposite. Sometimes you get a clear picture if you take what the word says, a verse says, just flip it around and see what, what the opposite says of it. The opposite would be true. If we don't abide or continue in his word, we are not Jesus' disciples. See, it goes beyond praying a sinner's prayer one time. We need to crave the word of God. We need to hunger to know him more. We need to continue every day to follow him. He is our daily bread. And I also want you to notice that when we abide or continue in his word on a daily basis, then we shall know the truth. And the truth shall make us free. Don't ever forget this. There is no true freedom available to you apart from knowing the word of God. Is no, no true or lasting freedom. The devil has his counterfeits. Did, you know what I'm saying? He has his counterfeits of happiness and peace. How many, you know, we, we've all tried running after those things in our life, right? But there is no true joy. There's no true peace. There's no true freedom or lasting freedom apart from the word of the living God and knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, hiding his word, feeding on his word will increase our discernment to discern between both good and evil, true and false, right and wrong, according to God's standards and not man's standards, not according to some politician's standards. Are you hearing me? Not, not according to some Supreme Court justice, liberal, you know what I'm talking about. So if we continue in the word, we are his disciples and we will know the truth and it will set us free. We will be protected from deception. Galatians 1. Galatians chapter 1 verses 8 through 9. Look at this. The Holy Ghost through the Apostle Paul said these words. Galatians 1 verses 8 through 9 says, but even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached or proclaimed to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. Pretty strong words, isn't it? But listen, 
the only way that we will ever be able to know or discern if someone is preaching another gospel is if we know what the word of God teaches. Hiding God's word in our heart. We, again, I'm going to pound this in your brain. We must feed on, read, study the word of God in these last days. Or else, the only other alternative is that deception, the enemy, will have an advantage over us and we will fall away from the faith. Again, Jesus said in these last days, let no man deceive you. There's something that's terrible about deception. It's deceiving. And you don't know you're being deceived. That's the whole point. If, if the lost knew the truth, if they knew the deception, there's, you know there's people out there right now who think that hell is a party place. Thanks to ACDC's song, we're going to have a party in hell or whatever it is. That's deception if they had a clue of what lies for ahead of them for eternity without Jesus Christ. But they don't know. They're deceived. Say deception is deceiving. Hebrews 5. Hebrews 5. You know, in fact, the Holy Ghost is prompting me to do this right now. Say, Heavenly Father... If there's any deception in my life, reveal it to me. Reveal the truth to me. Increase my discernment. Holy Spirit, lead me through the Word of God. Teach me your truth. Now, how often have you prayed a prayer like that? You know what? I want to... Pray that every day. Pray that every day. Someone says, well, that doesn't work. Well, you know what? What can it hurt? If it doesn't work, you're out nothing. If it works, well, praise God. You have an advantage. You see what I'm saying? Some people say the same thing about generational curses. Well, I don't believe in generational curses. I say, well, you know, the worst case scenario, me leading a person through the renunciation of generational curses or curses in their life, the worst case scenario, I'm wasting my breath. Best case scenario, people are getting set free from generational curses and curses. Woo! Amen? So, you know what? People can argue and bicker about it and not pray for it and walk in mommy and daddy stuff, but I want to be set free. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. Don't hurt a thing to pray a prayer like that. Amen? All right. Hebrews 5, 12 through 14. I'm having fun up here now. Amen? Hallelujah. Hebrews 5, and by the way, yes, generational curses, curses, they are real. We are free through Christ, but we have to enforce that freedom. That's the key. We have to enforce that freedom. Amen. Now, Hebrews 5, 12 through 14 says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only, say only, 
of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe or a baby. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. See, a lack of the word of God in your life as a Christian will result in stunted spiritual growth. You cannot grow without feeding on the word of God. And your level of discernment will be zero. See, quite often you will see a baby Christian or or an immature Christian get suckered into believing something that's unscriptural. They let the walls come down. They haven't been building that wall. They haven't been strengthening that wall with the word of God in their life. To protect them from deception. Are you hearing me? See, Satan and evil spirits, they, they really try to hit those, those Christians with deception. So, we that, we that are mature in the Lord, we need to look out for our brothers and sisters. Am I my brother's keeper? Yes. Yes. The answer is yes. Oh, my. I, I, we got, I'm telling you, I just feel like camping out on this a minute. We have to look out. You see a brother or sister in the Lord going in the ditch spiritually, holding on to something unscriptural. We need to go to them. We need to go to them. Amen. That, that, that's why fellowship and friendships within the body of Christ among Christians are so important. So important. If you're an immature Christian, connect with a mature one and learn from them. Take correction and begin to grow spiritually. We need to look out for each other. Amen? All right, I'll let the Holy Ghost just kind of cook that one on the inside of you throughout this week, all right? Next, hiding God's word in your heart will be a safeguard from holding on to bitterness unforgiveness, and other wrong emotions in your life. This is very important. Let me say it again. Hiding God's word in your heart, feeding on God's word daily, will be a safeguard from holding on to bitterness, unforgiveness, and other wrong emotions in your heart. Hebrews 4, just go back a little bit here. Hebrews 4 12 through 13 says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account see the word of god is alive it's quick it's powerful alive sharper than any two-edged sword to slice through your your emotions and your motives it's kind of what i have a picture of right now on the inside of me is a big slab of meat with tons of fat on it and a big old knife coming and slicing that fat off. This is what the word of God does when we feed on it and hide it in our heart. 
I don't know if you knew this or not, but when you come and, and you, get, you, you make Jesus Lord of your life, you, you, you're not perfect. In fact, you carried a lot of baggage into the church with you. A lot. You carried a lot of fat on this heart. <laughs> and it's the Word of God's job and the Holy Ghost job. When we're hiding the Word in our heart, it slices that fat and starts to cut the junk off in your life. If you let it. See, a person who's not interested in a, in a meaningful relationship with Christ will not feed or hide the word of God in their heart. But if you are interested in it, you're going to be open to anything that the Lord shows you to get rid of in your life. Even if it, it, it can be painful. And I'll tell you, a rebuke from the Lord is not fun. It is not fun. Now, with bitterness and unforgiveness, a lot of times we try, to, we try to justify it. Yeah, but Lord, look what they did. You know what the Lord says? He looks down at humanity and says, but look what you did and look what I did. I sent my son Jesus while you were yet sinners. I sent my son Jesus to this earth and what did humanity do? They spit on him. They beat him so bad you could see organs through him. Are you hearing me? They crucified him. So, if you're feeding on God's word and you're hiding it in your heart constantly, it's like a radar, if you will. I'm a pilot, so I like using aviation stuff. Think of an air traffic controller. He sits down, he's looking at a radar, and there's a, there's a thing going across the screen like this. And when there's an aircraft, it shows a little dot on the screen. The thing moves over it. Oh, it moved over here now. It's like the Word of God in the Holy Ghost is a radar. When you're constantly feeding on the Word of God, it's a radar on the inside of you. Constantly checking for anything that's against the Lord. That's against the Word. Checking for all these things. Put the radar to work. Put the radar to work, people. Amen? We need to put the radar to work. Now, the key is when... The Lord shows you that blip on the screen and says, you need to get rid of this. Cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Humble yourself. Humble yourself. God, I, you know, I am wrong. I am holding unforgiveness. I'm holding bitterness toward this person. And it's not right. And by the way, the only person that it's hindering is you, not that person. It's hindering you. Amen? Hiding... God's word in your heart will be a safeguard for you and I because it will allow us to look past natural circumstances and maintain a spiritual perspective. Think about this. How often we need this because the devil, the devil's a flesh devil. He, he, the flesh is the devil's playground. The fleshly desires are the devil's playground. All right. So what he wants you to do is constantly focus on the natural he wants you to hold unforgiveness and bitterness toward that person that you see. But when the word of God is hid in your heart and filling you, you get a spiritual perspective of what's going on behind the scenes. It's someone who, well, can have compassion on a person and say, man, this person is in bondage in certain areas of their life, or man, look at... Look at their childhood, how they grew up. And that's one of the most beautiful things in the deliverance ministry when I minister to an individual, Elizabeth and I. 
is when there's an individual who is holding on bitterness and unforgiveness toward their parents. Okay? And the Holy Spirit brings them to that point in our counseling session to where they see it. They say, you know what? I've never seen this before, but... And they start to weep and they say, my parents, my dad or mom was raised in a terrible environment. They, you, you, you understand what I'm saying? Where they, can, they finally have compassion on that individual they once held bitterness or unforgiveness toward. Because now they're starting to see it from a spiritual perspective. They're seeing it from heaven's viewpoint and not man's. Think about this too on that. That's powerful. We need to maintain a spiritual perspective. And a sermon a while back that I preached called The Key to Victory. One key. One key. Maintaining a spiritual perspective on life. Amen. So a spiritual person can look beyond the person and recognize the enemy operating through them. This, the person, you'll begin to pray for them. I've got to tell you this. If you're holding bitterness or unforgiveness toward a person, pray for that person every day until love, uh, love is, is bruised up in your heart toward that individual. See? I mean, that don't mean you, if someone's hurt you or your family, to associate with them. You, don't, you, you understand what I'm saying? You, you understand what I'm saying? But you've got to come to that point of forgiveness and healing. And pray. For, that's what Jesus said. He said, Jesus said, bless those that curse you. Bless those that curse you. Pray for them. Pray for their salvation. Pray for their healing. Doesn't mean you have to be buddy-buddy with them. But pray for them. Amen? All right. So as you get into the word, or rather, get the word into you, it is a sword that slices the junk off of your life. If there's bitterness and unforgiveness, it forces you to deal with it. Like I said, if indeed you're serious to have a meaningful relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, personal relationship. Next, quickly, hiding God's word in your heart or feeding on God's word will cause you to prosper and it will cause healing, God's healing power to come into your physical body and emotions. Proverbs 4. Are you getting anything from this today? You know, I, I really sense that there is a healing anointing here for even emotions. I just feel like walls are coming down with emotions in people today. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Proverbs 4, 20 through 27 says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Here it is. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Hide it in the heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it spring the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. 
Do not turn to the right or left. Remove your foot from evil. It says keep the word in your heart. It is life and health to all your flesh. There is healing power in the word of God. There is healing power. It is health to all your flesh. That word, Hebrew, Hebrew word translated health literally means medicine. The word of God is medicine to you. It's medicine to me. Now I want you to notice something very important in verses 23 through 27. It reveals to us the key to health is keeping our heart. Keeping our heart. It says, for out of the heart flows the issues of life. There's nothing that you ever have done or going to do that your heart is not involved with on this earth. Are you hearing me? It's all about your heart. The New Testament deals with the heart of man. That's why Jesus said you can commit adultery and not even do the physical act. You can commit it in your heart. Again, the heart, your imagination, your thought life. Are you following me? So what takes place in your heart, which includes your emotions, your thought life, will eventually manifest in your physical body. Medical science, by the way, is finally catching up to the Bible. Because doctors are even realizing the connection between the emotions and the physical health of an individual. Ulcers. Bitterness and unforgiveness, it's been proven that it releases harmful chemicals in your body. Hence, that can eat away your stomach lining. That can set cells in your body on the fritz. In fact, did you know that's what cancer, cancer are rebellious cells, correct? I mean, you could tie everything into the emotions of an individual, to the heart of a person. What's going on? And this is why I'm saying, and, and, and I'm so strong on the healing and deliverance message, emotional healing message. It's because out of the heart flows the issues of life. The quality of your heart, of what's taking place of, in your heart, will determine the quality of your life. 3 John 2. <clears throat> 3 John 2. Now, emotions are not bad. It's just, what emotions are you holding on to? You hear? God created emotions in people. Amen? God is an emotional God. Amen? I mean, there's nothing wrong with emotions, but they can be used in a perverse way. And Satan and evil spirits know that. And that's why they take, try to take the people of God and put bait in front of them to draw them away from the right purpose of emotions. 3 John 2 says, Beloved, Christians, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Prosper in all things. It's talking about success, health in this life, just as your soul prospers. Your mind, will, and emotions. Your heart. Your heart. 
As you feed on God's word and hide it in your heart, your soul will be renewed and will prosper. It will, as Proverbs 4 said, it will keep your heart with all diligence. Be diligent with your heart. Be diligent with your heart. You know what that means? Take time to examine your heart. And if you're in this place, you're watching online, a radio, internet around the world, I'll just tell you, we have a healing and deliverance ministry here, and we are available to minister to you. Some people, I'm telling you, some people are holding on to stuff from when they were 10 years old, 6, 5 years old. The rejection of the past. The abandonment, the... I'm telling you, this is an epidemic in the body of Christ. And we need to deal with our stuff. We need to drop some baggage off. Amen? We just need to. Because sooner or later, it's going to catch up with you in your physical body. It's a very serious thing. Joshua 1.8 I'm almost done. Almost, almost. I mean almost done. I really mean that. Okay. It says, this book of the law, the word of God, shall not depart from your mouth. Jesus said what comes out of a man is what defiles him. Meaning, starts in the heart and then it's released out of your mouth. And it can, be, it can defile you. Listen. But you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, successful. And then you will have good success. I want you to notice the connection between your thought life. Meditating on the word. Letting it come out of your mouth. And the connection that follows next that you may do it. Because you're, you're going to do what's taking place in here, in your thought life. Meditate, filling your mind, filling your heart with God's word, and then going to the next step of letting it come out of your mouth. The Hebrew word translated meditate, you know what that literally means? To mutter. Speak. See, the New Agers and, and Satanists and all these people, they have a perverse aspect of meditation but meditation is biblical see what what they do the the perverse way is they speak a mantra some empty thing and they it says to empty themselves well when you're empty emptying yourself you're opening yourself up to demons okay but there is biblical meditation where you're filling your mind not emptying you're filling your mind with the word you're filling your heart with the word and you're speaking the word you see how Satan perverted it now into something where New Agers and Satanists and occultists do all this other junk. That's evil. But there is the right way. And Joshua 1.8 talked about that. There is power in the words that we speak. Especially when we speak God's word. It will bring success. It will bring healing into our life. My last point, and it's very short. Hiding God's word in your heart or daily feeding on God's word gives the Holy Spirit something to work with. You're giving the Holy Spirit a tool to work with in your life. What do I mean by that? Go to John 14, 26. That's my last scripture. 
John 14, 26, Jesus said these words. He said, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things, here it is, and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. Now, Jesus is the word. John 1 makes that very clear, right? To remember or recall something means that you read it before. Right? In other words, I can't bring something to your remembrance unless you've first seen or heard it before. When you feed and hide God's word in your heart, you think of it this way. You're filling your file cabinet for the Holy Spirit. So when, when the time comes and a situation comes, the Holy Spirit opens up the filing cabinet and says, Oh, the situation you're going through right now, use this scripture. He's recalling it. He's bringing it back to your remembrance. You're giving the Holy Spirit something to work with. You understand? So, fill your filing cabinet. Fill your heart with the Word of God. Amen? online. 